0: The following is a Furnish Brothers production. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. As we sit here today, we are less than two weeks away from the return of the National Hockey League and Toronto Maple Leafs hockey. And Ryan, I only got one thing to say to that, buddy. Oh man, every week you beat me to it, man. Like I was just ready to crack it as soon as you threw to me and then you just... You just steal the thunder. Every I know. Time. Well, there's uh, proof for people. You that beat we, me to it. There's proof for people that we don't do that much pre-show prep. No, because we got. It has to feel natural. Anybody who knows me knows that. Preparation isn't exactly uh, something that is my strong suit, and I know when I listen to a podcast, I don't like it when the hosts sound like super over rehearsed, like they're reading something. That was something I thought that I sucked at in the early talk and buds days, because I would just make pages and pages of notes, and then I'd listen back and be like, "This sounds awful." <laughs> don't be so hard on yourself, man. Yeah, I just—it's better when you have like unrehearsed banter. It's more authentic that way. Yeah, well, any, like I said before, if anybody on this podcast knows me personally, preparation and me, eh, not, not my strongest suit. You don't really see eye to eye. No, no, absolutely not. So what's going on, buddy? What happened in the last week? What happened in the last week? Honestly, it feels like the last time we recorded this, it was yesterday. I can't believe it's already been a week and we're already back on here. Yep. And guess what? We'll be back on here again next week, and the week yeah, after it's, that. It's nuts, it's, and possibly the week after that, depending on what happens with the Leafs and the Blue Jackets. Yeah, we had ton. We had all that time off, and then we did the pod last week. Felt good, felt great, and then it just boom! All of a sudden, we're back recording. Yep. Another Monday, another episode. Back in the swing. I gotta tell you, man. I don't. I am pretty fired up for the return of sports like i'm yeah, I'm gonna be closer. I'm gonna be tuning into some Blue Jays baseball this weekend. I'm gonna be tuning into anything, yeah, just give me anything at this point. Any North American sport sign me up. What do you think of this news that the Blue Jays are possibly gonna play in either Pittsburgh or Baltimore? I just saw Baltimore on Twitter two minutes ago before I jumped on with you. I think it was the right decision by the government to not let them continuously. Cross the border. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty shocking, actually. Like I, I'm surprised that that. It just shows you this country is gonna put the hammer down when it comes to this virus. And, and I, you know what? They play at the dome. They don't play at the dome. A lot of those guys aren't Canadian, anyways. So it's it's not gonna make a big difference to them. Um, whatever city is a beauty, or whatever team is a beauty and host them like good on them. But I found that pretty shocking how they just pulled the plug on that. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think it does show that they're not going to, the Canadian government is not taking this lightly and yeah. But to your point about them playing somewhere else, I mean, this is one thing that's going to be really interesting to watch with pro sports is home field, home ice, home court advantage is gone. There's no such thing. So it doesn't really matter if you're play if they're playing in Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Buffalo. Like it doesn't matter. It'd be weird seeing the the Jays at Camden Yards. Yes, I know. It's like their home, home games. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I don't and know it would be kind of weird cuz the, the we're, we're all used to the dome and empty seats or not. You're used to Blue Jays baseball in the dome. So seeing the Jays play at Camden it's it'd be pretty shocking. Yeah. I don't know um if You saw it, but on the NHL's Twitter account, I don't know if they put it on their Instagram, but I did see it on their Twitter account. They showed like a sneak peek of them like setting up inside Rogers Arena in Edmonton, which was flooding last week. But anyways, they seem to have got that under control. But of them setting up like in the rink, and it looks like they've got like giant NHL banners around like where the seats are. So you won't be able to see rows on rows of empty seats. Yeah, which which is one of the worst images in the world. Yeah, it is. It's, it takes you right out of it, man. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible image watching or seeing just empty seats. So yeah, yeah, any any idea that they have to kind of counteract that, I'm all about. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool to see that today. I was like, all right, well, you're taking that into consideration because I was watching the. Uh, the Jays inner squad games last week. And it's like, you're fired up to watch it. And then like Bo Bichette gets up, hits a home run, the first pitch. And it's just, they do the home run shot where they cut to the, the outfield. And it's just empty. I love how they still like do the horn too. Yeah, and the, the rounding the bases just yeah. vroom, it's <laughs> like what? <laughs> Come on. like and Nobody the there. on the horn. Yeah. Well, this is how... um, It's going to be interesting to see how these leagues innovate. Like, you know, I've talked about it before. I don't think there's any um, doubt that the NBA will be at the forefront of the innovation when it comes to presenting the games. At least that's my expectation. Well, they're just the league that seems to have it figured out in terms of moving forward and having good ideas and having the, the coolest players in the world. But any way to get rid of the empty seat look you have to be creative but i think as fans at this point as much as i hate seeing empty seats i think we're all just so hungry to watch something that we can get invested in and it's not really gonna matter at the end of the day no i don't think it is either it's it's gonna be jarring at first but especially with um The NHL and the NBA just going straight into like playoff style. Like you're that will help with the empty seat thing having the games mean so much. Yeah, and just like dude, we've been we've been in a barren wasteland for the past couple months. Yeah, for like four months now. Nothing. Yeah. Like just it's it's seem it'll be weird watching it almost. Yeah. It will be a whole new world. I know. Just stuff that you kind of took for granted before. Oh, hundred percent. All right, with that, let's move into some news and notes. So as we predicted last week, Ryan, Tuesday, July 28th, the Maple Leafs will play the Montreal Canadiens in their one and only exhibition game. So next Tuesday night, I know when I kicked off the show, I said I was sure to say official because those games will actually mean something. However, like you said last week, this exhibition game on Tuesday... A week Tuesday, excuse me, against the Montreal Canadiens is going to be one of the more high intensity exhibition games you you'll ever see. Yeah, it's going to be weird, man. I don't even know what to expect. You got to ramp yourself up if you're if you're one of those guys in the room going into a playoff series right off the bat. You've been sitting around for four months, getting yourself ramped up for that game is going to be challenging, but. You can't just go out there and slag around either. Like you got to you got to go out there and test yourself and get your legs moving and and work with your line mates and go back to playing systems. It's 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 not easy, but that that's not an exhibition game where you can just sit back and just chill out. Like no. you got to get your legs moving and you're starting goalies in for the full 60. Yeah, it's there's not going to be the the A squad and the B squad. The NHL, They're all be out there. The NHL did some, like, they've put together some pretty good matchups for these exhibition games. So the all the games will take place on Tuesday the 28th, Wednesday the 29th, and Thursday the 30th. So on the 28th, it's Pens Flyers, followed by Leafs Habs, followed by Oilers Flames. Yeah, just all good divisional rivals. Yep. Then on, I have a history. Then on Wednesday, we're going to get our first taste of what it's going to be like when the qualifying round starts. So at 12 p.m., we'll have the Lightning and the Panthers. At 2 30, we'll have the Avalanche and the Wild. At 4, we'll have the Hurricanes and the Capitals. At 6 30, we'll have the Blues and Blackhawks. At 8, we'll have the Islanders and the Rangers. And at 10.30, we'll have the Canucks and the Jets. So there's that's six nuts, games man. for you right Holy there, buddy. Holy, man. Yep. Holy. Yep. That's nuts. Yep. So that's that's what it's going to be like, man. That's what it's going to be like when we get into these six. God, I wish I could work from home, man. Well, well, you know what? If there's a day that you can miss, Ryan, it's, it's that one. Because they're all exhibition games and the Leafs aren't playing. Yeah, I know. But just... That's just a taste of what's coming. I know it is that a taste. qualifying round. Like as it goes on, you'll kind of get adjusted. But that qualifying round, man, oh, oh, it's gonna be insane. Just, just n- crazy. Yeah, it's crazy be hockey. Crazy yeah. intensity. It's gonna be insane. It's gonna be a sprint I, I, to the I'm finish. I'm so angry that I'm not at home, able to watch every single minute of every game throughout every day. Well, that's also not counting the NBA like when the when oh. the qualifying round starts you're going to have all this going on in the NHL and then you're going to have a whole bunch of other stuff going on in the NBA. Yeah, this is this is wild, man. We I feel like I'm a broken record every time we get on here talking about this, but this is wild. Oh, I feel like I'm a broken record too, man. How, the amount of times that I've come on here with you and I've just been like, "I'm psyched for this." Cuz I am. I'm stoked for this. Yeah, I I oh, I wish I could just mail it in for <laughs> 3 months and just park my keister on the couch and say bye-bye to the world and let's go. Um, we will finish off the exhibition schedule on Thursday, July 30th, with the Preds and Stars at four, the Bruins and Blue Jackets at seven, and the Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes at ten. Ten. So every team will be in action over the three game span. Exciting stuff. Crazy play playoff style exhibition. Like it's it's like I don't even know. Like it's it's nuts. Like you have your first game in a long time, but you're one game away from the playoffs. Like, how do you how do you approach that? Like, I guess you're not gonna go out there and, and kill yourself, but you gotta get out there and test yourself to some degree. Well, we're gonna you get talk yourself ready. We're gonna talk about this in a minute, but the the Leafs have been doing full blown scrimmages at camp and like they're dressed in their game threads and everything. Yeah, you won't you won't know till you're out there. No, yeah, it's not the same. You won't know until there's a guy barreling down on you a hundred miles an hour where you got your back turned, skated towards the puck in the D zone, and then you turn around and go, Okay, here we go. That's when it, it's gonna get real for these guys. Next bit of news I wanted to touch on is that the NHL has started to release some of the nominees for the NHL awards. Thus far, the only Leaf making the cut is Austin Matthews, who received a Lady Bing nomination. For anyone who doesn't know, the Lady Bing is awarded to a player adjudged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. Did you get all that, Ryan? Yeah, I got I I got most of it. Matthews, <laughs> Matthews was nominated alongside Nate McKinnon and Ryan O'Reilly, so he's in some pretty elite company there. Yeah, and Ryan Ryan O'Reilly surprised me because he's kind of a, I, th- I feel like Don Cherry gave the the reputation of the Lady Bing to kind of the the softer player. I don't want any Lady Bingers on my team. Yeah, so it's I'm gonna just throw a hot take out here okay. right now. Okay, and okay. I don't want to I don't want to. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I should care, just discuss for the sake of discussing, but dude, I don't give a rat's ass about any NHL regular season award. Like I, you listen to the guys on the air all day. I thought Mike Johnson should have been, uh, the Jack Adams nominee. It's like, I, who cares, man? I, here, here's what I'll say. I'm, I'm, I'm like 90% of the way there with you. But a couple of the couple of reasons for that. One, you and I are Leaf fans. So it's like just win a Stanley Cup. I don't care about individual awards or anyone. We want we want we want the big trophy. But I was stoked when Matthews won the Calder. That was a big deal for me. I'd say Rookie of the Year and the Vesna for me are the like the two that I'm like, okay. Whatever. Like, but I just it's been so long to when's the last time a Leaf won a heart? I, oh yeah, I, I pull tell. out your Google machine, yeah. man. Like I, I have no idea. It, it, I'm so far like Dougie had a sniff in '93, in but it, it, Lemieux had to go goat that season and get 800 points. But I, I just don't. It's so out of the picture. Like when's the last time a Leaf won anything? Like, well, that's Josh what I'm Donaldson saying. won the MVP that one year for for the American League in baseball. Like oh, that's pretty cool. And then the Kawhi Leonard guy's an animal. Like what? last leaf ever won any individual award. Well that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think the reason why you feel that way about the NHL awards is because you're a Leaf fan. And the Leafs are for in our lifetime as being a Leaf fan, with the exception of Matthews winning the Calder a few years ago, we the NHL awards have been a non-factor. Yeah, non-factor. Yeah. Even even guys in the in the in the standings and the points like, when's the last time a Leaf player finished high up in points and won a scoring race or anything? Never. Yeah. I don't know. And, and, and it's just that, too, and also just people debating for hours about who should be coach of the year. It's like the people who vote for or, or nominate these people, it's like, why why are we debating this? Why are we talking about this? Who cares? Yeah. Like, I, I don't need to talk about this and debate. Anyways, uh, I'm going to tell you some other award nominees anyway. Um, Jack Adams, Bruce Cassidy, John Tortorella, Alain Vigneault. I only highlight this one because I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get the John Tortorella. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah, well, he's, he's in there. I'm wondering if that's kind of like a, a nod to them sweeping the Blue Jackets last year. But then you would have thought he would have got nominated last year, so I don't know. No, I think it's a nod to man games lost yeah like they've had they they were run down with injuries this year and then they have the same amount of points as the Maple Leafs do and the Maple Leafs were relatively healthy like they missed Riley for a bit but I, I feel like that's the nod but it's I right, right, see so yeah now I'm debating it now yeah, I'm a hypocrite yeah, 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 yep yep <laughs> I think Jesus uh, yep I think you're probably right with the man games thing I think that's a really good point I didn't consider that Vesna, Connor Hellebuck Tuka Rask Andre Vasilevsky, yeah, I, cool. <laughs> Norris, well, John Carlson, Victor Hedman, Roman Yosi. Yeah, John Carlson had a year, man. Yes, yep. That guy had a year. Yep. Any D man who's putting up those points, that that guy, that guy should run away with that. Patrice Bergeron. Sean Couturier, Ryan O'Reilly for the Selkie. Yeah, Bergeron must be tired of getting nominated. Yeah, I know, for that I know, I know, I know, I know. He just, he just probably doesn't even blink when he gets. No, nah, he, he's anymore. just, he's a shoe in every year. Yeah. And that's all we know thus far for awards. There's a couple other ones, but those are the only ones I wanted to flag with you that I thought might be of interest. But as you pointed out, we're Leafs fans, and so we're kind of jaded. And by kind of, I mean really jaded at the thought and concept of the NHL awards. Yeah, maybe if they were in a conversation for a heart, one player, Marner, Matthews, whoever, it it would be maybe be a little bit different, but it's just i've no expectation for any player wearing a Maple Leaf jersey ever in any generation to to like sniff a heart. I, I it's it's so out of sight, out of mind. They just they never they're never in the conversation. And that folks is your jaded leafs fan take of the week. Brought to you yeah, I feel like, by Ryan Furnish. I feel like uh, sometimes I listen back to the show and it's like, man, I am jaded. Yeah. To are. use your word. I, I am I am bitter and I am jaded. You've had your heart ripped out so many times, you can't you can't get over it. Yeah, I, I let's I don't want to dig too deep. Into my heart and my, uh, my, me being upset over the failures of this team. We, we gotta, we gotta move on. I'm gonna try to turn a positive corner, even though as this conversation progresses in this podcast, it might, I might not be so optimistic, whatever you decide to bring up, but I'm gonna try my best to not be jaded. Okay, so we're gonna put that to the test right now. Week one of Leafs Camp is in the books. They're in the midst of several scrimmages featuring Team Matthews and Team Anderson. Ryan, when you look at the roster for Team Matthews and the roster for Team Anderson, one glaring thing sticks out. You have the top six forwards on Team Matthews and the top 4D on Team Anderson going against each other. That's not a bad. Like that's not a bad idea. And Freddie it, Anderson, obviously. So you've got all the the good forwards attacking Anderson in the top four D. Yeah, like you, you need you need that chemistry. You need to gel as a team. But if you're right now, I think it's reps more than anything, and having the best players on your team and the best goal scorers and the guys who produce the most offense going against your strongest D men and your goaltender, it makes all the sense in the world. Although. Here's here's the thing about Leafs camp. Listen, I'm not I'm not trying to chirp anyone. I do a Leaf podcast, and with you, and so obviously I'm a huge super fan, and covering the team is something I want to do. But I'm gonna poke fun because a lot of other people I've seen have poked fun. You just go on Twitter. Like if Mitch Marner scores a goal in this scrimmage, you go on Twitter, and there are 18 different people. Mitch Marner scores a beauty between the legs, past Ilya Mikheyev. Mitch Marner with a beauty in between the legs past Ilya Mikheyev. Mitch Marner Mitch and it's just like oh my god what did Mitch Marner do something i don't know i can't tell yeah th- this this comes in with my nhl awards conversation maybe because we're living in the the age of information and instant posting ability then we're out, we could just we're exposed to it a lot more than than the previous generation cuz anytime Mitch Marner scores a goal or anytime someone's not nominated for the jack adams Anytime you go on social media, it's like, oh, there you go. Oh, man. A, I. But you know what, though? I'm not going to chirp anyone on the radio, man. Like, you and I, like, let's be honest. Like, we took a break during COVID because there was just nothing to talk about, right? And now the league's back. There's games happening. So, like, we're right back in it because there's things to talk about. But, dude, could you imagine having to get on there every day and just talk about anything for three hours it's well now crazy. i feel like a now i feel like a bit of a dick you bringing that up oh, that that's... that is true just yeah uh thinking about filling three hours of just no wonder they're d- man i'm going back on everything i'm saying now <laughs> like what the hell is going on uh, you just fired up, man. Why yeah? Because, I, know. I, I, just... because I, I presented you with a um a counterpoint and it actually it resonated. I am living in the pre COVID world with that with my with my NHL awards comment. Yeah, like now Maybe when you have absolutely nothing to talk about for three hours, as you've brought up, maybe you gotta debate the Jack Adams. But hey man, they're gonna get the gift the same gift that we're all getting in the next couple of weeks, where they're not gonna be able to talk about everything. They're gonna have the opposite problem. Yeah, man, I got to get it on the rails here. I'm all over the place. Eh, Well, you know what? You're fired up. I don't know if I'm going north, south, east, or west right now. Anyways, back to this team, Matthews, Team Anderson. So it's the best forwards going against the best defensemen. I wanted to bring something up. I want to talk about Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon Keefe, I don't know if you watched any of his media availabilities or read any of his quotes. This guy is focused. Like, you can feel the, like, determination and intensity when when you're listening to him speak. Yeah, you don't want, you. Do, he doesn't want, even though he was not the head coach at the time, but he does not want to be attached to another Maple Leaf postseason failure. No, no. And, and he's had a lot of time to think about this, yep. and he's had a lot of time to digest his opponent. Yep. I'm sure he's going stir-crazy with all the ideas he's had in his head about this guy with this guy, this system with this system, watching film every day. Well, Ryan, that's a beautiful transition that you just provided me with, so thank you for that. He set Leaf's Twitter on fire a couple days ago when he debuted Matthews between Tavares and Marner. The nuclear, we're down a goal, and got to send this thing to overtime option. This is how you know... Mike Babcock is not the coach of the Maple Leafs anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you see that news line yep, and, and go back and listen to all our episodes, load up a line. Yeah. Yep. Load up a line when you need to Mike. Yep. I'm sure you and I have said that a million times. So seeing something like that, it's like, why not? You're down a goal. Put your best players on the ice. Yeah. Put the guys who are on the top of the top of money-making in this league, not even on your team, put these three guys on a the line. They better score. They better go out and make something happen. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i glad you brought up Babcock because that's exactly what I thought too. It's just like vindication for all of us who sat through three years of just screaming at your television, you're down a goal and need to send it to overtime. And there's the goat out taking the face off. Or there's Patty Marlowe on the ice, and it's just like, oh my god, we gotta we gotta roll the lines, yeah, yeah. So we saw that the other day, and I was just like, man. So that that goes to tell you where Keefe's mindset is. Like, we're if we're down a goal, two minutes left, we gotta get this thing to overtime. I'm throwing the what um, Twitter has dubbed the All Star line out on the ice. Well, isn't that? Isn't that the most obvious option when you really sit back and digest it? Like, why not do that? Like, for that last shift of the game, if you're still thinking about how you need a Hyman forechecker on the ice, like maybe Hyman's out there as a sixth guy or whatever, but if you're still kind of trying to build lines and be like, oh, I need this guy on the ice. With no. These are your top players. They get paid the most. Put them on the ice hope that they get something done. And for me, they better get something done. How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Talking Buds Podcast. If you want to follow along with us on social media, hit us up on our Instagram, at Talking Buds Podcast. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Ryan, last week we said that we would take a closer look at the Maple Leafs' opponent, the Columbus Blue Jackets, because we can. Because one of the great things about this new um, format that the NHL is coming back with is we have tons of time to scout our opponent. So you've been saying since this was announced that you hate the matchup. And when you pull up their defensive stats... I can see why. Tied for third in goals allowed. Seventh, not tied, just seventh in the league and shots on goal. Twelfth in penalty kill percentage and second in penalty minutes. Yeah, dude, this, this, to me, if you're going to sit and do any film on the jackets or, or be worried about anything, you just look at the absolute stud, dream number one defense pairing that I wish was on the Maple Leafs decor: Seth Jones and Rwenski. Like that, like come on, two younger studs leading the way for an absolute banging forward group. Who, to me, they they play the same kind of style of game as the Bruins, which which is what scares me the most given that there's no Patrice Bergeron or Brad Marchand who gets a hundred points a year, but also plays as hard as all these guys. But if you look and if you've watched the games against the Leafs in the past, it's always like Pierre Luc Dubois guy. They just drafted big boy for checks, like an animal. That guy scares the hell out of me. Foligno scares the hell out of me. Cam Atkinson, good goal scorer can forecheck, check scares the hell out of me. John Tortorella's mentality scares the hell out of me. Like, this this matchup is just... Man, you you have to capitalize on your offensive chances because this team, even though you look at their statistics as players, as individuals, there's no guy lighting the league up. But, man, if you remember any game the Leafs have played this team in, it's a banger. They are a hard-hitting, forechecking team. All you gotta do is look... At the high level numbers, and you know what their game plan is going to be going in against the Leafs. And the Bruins comparison is 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 a good one, except for offense. Like this team was 27th in goals, so so they have a difficult time putting the puck in the net. But so it comes back to what, what the pro- problem has always been, Ryan. See, I'm so fired up, I can't even string a sentence together. You have to outwork. You're going to win by outworking this team. You have na- you have more offensive skill than them. That much we know. That much they know. They know that. But you're going to have to work to get your chances to score your goals. You're not going to be able to come out there and just lollygag around, play shinny. Like this, this team likes yeah, to do, as, yeah, as like, we've seen. This team's game plan is going to be play a tight defensive system, and then they're going, and the torts is going to stress to them, we have to capitalize on our offensive chances. Like, their game plan will be to win 2-1 every night. And they, they probably believe that with a mix of physicality and that top um, defense pairing you just mentioned, that they can shut the Leafs down. And we were like just talking a few minutes ago about Team Matthews versus um team Anderson and the Leaf's best forwards against the Leaf's best defensemen. Morgan Riley and Cody Cece are not mimicking that. Jake Muzzin and Justin Hole are not mimicking that. You're not getting an experience against that type of talent right now while in camp. So, no, and they're not and they're not going 100% on the body either. No. No, and it's like I don't want to be negative. Listen. Sometimes when I listen back to the pod I'm with you, I think we come off too negative and we've gotten flack in the past for being too negative. But it's just to me, you can watch all the tape you want, analyze all the systems you want. It's really simple. Outwork this team. When you're in the offensive zone, Outwork this team to score your goals. And if you do that, you will score your goals and you will win because you have more talent than them. But if you're just going to rest on your laurels and not go in the corners, not win battles, not fight for pucks, wait for your perfect attempt to shoot, pass the puck 17 times before you shoot it on the power play, you're not going to win. The the most obvious factor in any postseason series for any hockey team is your goaltender has to be there. So, be, being a, a smart hockey guy, being like the goalie has to play great for this, like that, that's every series. You need your goaltender to make the saves he needs to make in, in order to give you a chance to win. But the Maple Leafs need to, like you said, work. And also, if this team just scores goals on the power play or any opportunity they get, if they can pot three goals like that, that you're putting yourself in a great position to beat this hockey team because yeah, they four check. Yeah. They work hard. They have decent, a decent tandem and net, but they've shown that they don't have any elite goal scorers on that hockey team. They lost our Panarin. They got a bunch of hardworking guys who are going to beat you with a defensive system. But if you go out and you can match the work ethic to some sort of degree, score on the power play and score like you can. I have confidence that the Leafs can beat this team. When I think about the Leafs playing the Pens or the Caps, it's like the Leafs could go out, or the Bruins. The Leafs can go out, work, score a bunch of goals, but I think those teams are good enough to be with them on the score sheet and also outwork them. To me, I don't love the matchup because of how hard the Blue Jackets work, but. If you look at the statistics, if the Leafs can just pot three goals or just capitalize on every power play you can get, they can beat this hockey team. 100%. And that's that's a different narrative that I hope these guys have wrapped their heads around mentally. Is On paper, the Maple Leafs are the favorite. So if you go out and you lose in the qualifying round, That's an upset. That's an embarrassment. Like, the last three playoff series, you've been the underdog. You're not the underdog in this series. You're not. You're expected to win. So if you go out, I don't care if it's in five games. I don't care if it's in five games and it's the most hard-fought series and they lose every game in overtime. If you lose, that is an upset and that is failure. If the Maple Leafs win this series, it is going five games. This this isn't go. This isn't over in three. Mm-mm. Like I, I don't believe for a second these two teams are going to play each other hard. They're how good they are at their style of games are going to kind of counterbalance each other, and it's going to end up being a hard fought series. This isn't going to be a three game series. I can promise you that. right No, now. no, I don't think so. Because you're always counting. Here we go again. Just sounding negative, but. You're just counting on the fact, like, the, what, if the Leafs go out and have a big game, like they win, like, 4-1 or something, they'll just come back for game two or game three and just be like, ah, we got this. But I don't even think we're being negative here. It's it's just look at the facts. Look at the evidence. Yep. This hockey team has proven that they, I know they the whole, like, Keefe stretch, they did dominate for a bit there, or they did score a lot of goals, but think how many times, I can count on one hand how many times this team has dominated a hockey game. Like, start to finish, physically, puck control, uh, great goaltending, great D. It's like, no, every night, it's a bit of a struggle in some area. They're not a dominant hockey team. They're not the Boston Bruins. They're not the Washington Capitals. It's just in their DNA that this, that's why I believe this series is not going to be a rollover for either team. And especially not the Leafs, if you think they are the true favorite. Because it's just not in their DNA to dominate a hockey game. It's not. No. They're going to get hemmed in. Yeah. No. We got we to gotta live with that. They're going to get hemmed in. Cody CC's going to throw the puck away a million times. You're going to want a little more effort out of this guy at, at some times. But what the Maple Leafs do is they have a great ability to hang around a hockey game with just that breakaway opportunity or that goal they score. They, they always hang around because of that. But they're, they're just not going to dominate. Let's have a positive discussion. Who on the roster are you expecting big things from out of the gate? I got my guy. Oh, I, I think it has to be Morgan Riley. Okay, I, I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm expecting big. Well, for Freddie Anderson is is number one, but exclude the goalies. But I think if if somebody's gonna be a big time player and make a huge difference, even though he may not have the best help as a partner. But I think Morgan Riley is the guy that I have the highest expectations for. I'm going with the captain, John Tavares. I don't think he was a hundred percent for most of the season. I think he's had some time off and he's got accustomed to being a new dad and all that kind of stuff. And I think he Knows the opportunity he has in front of him here, and the team has in front of them, and I think he's going to come out on fire out of the gate. I I I anticipate that after game one or game two of this series, we're going. John Tavares was the most effective forward on the ice tonight, like shift in and shift out. And I think those two guys are in the same boat because those are probably the two captains of the team. Mm-hmm. Like I know Matthews is the franchise guy, but like Morgan Riley, to me, like. Sh- could have been the captain easily and he's he's their best defenseman he's been around for a long time even though he's not that old but they're two guys who aren't 21 they're getting a little older i'm expecting big things out of those two guys cuz they're they those are their two biggest leaders yeah and they're the two guys that are going to have to look around the room and they both they... didn't have great years either yeah yeah they're they're going to be the two guys that have to look around the room after they've stunk it up in the second period and get everybody going again like it's gonna be up to Austin to go out and be a legend when he needs to be a legend because there's nobody on that ice in that series who can break a game like that guy can. Yeah. When he shows up and actually cares and uses his size properly. Yeah. But when it comes to just shift in, shift out consist- consistency with leadership, like Morgan Riley and and JT are are the two guys. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. I think. I think I watched one of his like. Because the, the way they do their scrums now is through Zoom. And he just, like, he, he was commenting on how he felt really good. And it's just, like, I don't think he was 100%. I think he got thrown for a loop as, like, what happens when you have a new baby. and Yeah. You dude, saw that like, happen to on. Fred Van Vliet I don't Vliet know. I don't know what year. that's like. Saw that happen to Fred Van Vliet last year for a bit. And, like, plus, I, I think he was dealing with some nagging injuries. And I just think that, like, man, this is a... The one thing about the Leafs, listen. We and a huge segment of the fan base dog them all the time for effort, okay? And we go on and on about playoff shape and playoff mindset and playoff hockey, okay? All these teams are starting cold. So you hope the Leafs have always done well early in seasons. Not this year because they were all sick and tired of... Mike Babcock, but previously like last year for instance, they they accumulated all their points in the first half of the season. While everybody else is getting revved up. So you hope that the style of play, like maybe the intensity is a little dialed back at first and that's where they can sort of excel. It, it really like we're we're operating under the assumption that they are just back playing a regular season game in February. By the way, I'm I'm talking about them and also previous playoff experiences. But what you just said is is bang on. One thing we need to remember is like this is a a circumstance that I have never seen before that has never really happened before in this league. Jump into the hardest tournament to win in sports and play with intensity. Oh yeah, and you've been off for 4 months. Yeah, and for like the, anything could happen, man. And for the most part, everyone is on equal footing. Like, yeah, there's four teams in the round robin, but like, they're they're like the, the Bruins running away with the Eastern Conference means nothing at this point. You don't have any home ice advantage, and you have to play for your seeding. I think those games will be those guys. Even though you want a good seed, those hockey teams have. The advantage of being like, you know what, maybe if we drop this first one, it's whatever. We can get we can get the legs going and we still have a little bit of time before we really have to get ramped up. I think those teams have a huge advantage in that in that like the way of thinking. But also you see that some teams go in, they play an intense qualifying round and they're all jacked up, and the other teams that have been playing the round robin have been taking it kinda easy. Right? Well, so that, I, yeah. I don't know. It could That's work out either it. way. There's, there's no way, because you're right, on the one hand, it, like, it gives you more time to like get your legs, but on the other hand, it's like, there's no way those round-robin games are going to have the same intensity that an elimination game in the qualifying round is going to have. Like, There's no way. Yeah, and, and you see it in sports all the time. Like even, even coming back to the Blue Jackets, a lot of people would say, well, the Blue Jackets had an advantage because they were fighting for their playoff lives last year. And the Tampa Lightning were just skating through all season, having the one of the greatest regular seasons in the in, in the history of the league. But by the time playoff time rolled around, they haven't played a meaningful hockey game in months. And, and Columbus was fighting for their lives. Well, only time will tell, buddy. Like I said, we're under two weeks away. I'm looking forward to it. Any other thoughts on the Blue Jackets roster? Any of the forwards, defense, goaltending? I just, I, I, think they're their number one D pair because Jones is going to be back healthy. Rowenski a beast. And, and it's just that top D pair is just something that if the Leafs could just have that top D pair, like I would be considering them in the conversation of, of like the Bruins and the caps and those hockey teams. But it, it just, if they can take advantage of the other pairings, then they should be okay but that that top pairing is a tough tough night for anybody speed skill uh durability like just 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 two phenomenal younger hockey players for the blue jackets like that 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 top pairing is pretty special and as i said it's tough for the leafs to have the right amount of preparation to go against those two guys cuz they just don't have defenseman that can mimic that no Morgan Rowley's the only one who really can and, and and Dermott can do it to an extent because of his speed but in terms of just like high IQ high ability um playing 30 minutes of, like Zach Rowenski's out there 30 minutes a night yeah like the guy the guy's the guy's an animal yeah well Ryan as I said earlier only time will tell buddy Get fired I got one up. more one more point to make okay. that that okay. I forgot to make okay. about the Blue Jackets roster. All right. If you look at their goaltending mm. and and the tandem they've had all year, that Jonas is a Corpusallo. Yeah, and, and Merslekins and, and Elvis it, Elvis Merslekins. Yeah, that, that's a hell of a handle. <laughs> that is that that is one of the better handles in the National Hockey League. Yeah, that's a hell of a handle, but they might have had a, a nice little tandem in the regular season, which to me, like tandems that work just kind of baffle me because I've never seen it work in this city, probably because goaltenders are just run out of the building if they have one bad outing, but that's a unproven tandem right there. Like that's something you can and take can take advantage of. Could the guy, could one of them go out and be a legend? Absolutely. But that that is the, uh, you're not facing two Rask here. Like, y- you can take advantage of an unproven tandem, whoever they decide to start. Yes. That could be in the Maple Leafs' advantage if, if Freddie is Freddie. Well, you, you were talking about the tandem there. One of the things that I'm seeing from the millions of people who are at um, Leaf Camp is, a lot of praise for the play of Jack Campbell. Like they're like, this guy's ready to go if he gets called upon. Well, What about a Freddie stinks that join out well, the first game? Ryan, that's entirely possible, man. Like that is one thing. Like if one thing that is going to send this market and this fan base into absolute like turbulence, like right off the bat is if in game one or game two, Freddie just gets shelled. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the, it's gonna I totally be agree with crazy. that. Crazy. That is just the storyline that I can see playing out the easiest out of all of them. Like, yeah, Matthews doesn't score a goal, doesn't really show up the first game. All right, Freddie lets in a couple biscuits in the first game. Ooh, yeah. buddy. Oh yeah, it's gonna be ugly. Cody Cece just launches a pizza up the middle, and some Blue Jackets player grabs it and just roofs it on Freddie. Just the soft ones, man. Yeah. yeah. He's, that guy's prone to a softy. Oh, yeah. Just through the five, just trickling through the five hole. Guy's been an absolute warrior for this hockey team, and I, I have a hard time kind of getting on him. But, man, the guy's prone to a softy. Let's be honest. Elvis Merzlikens. Yeah, that, that. That's incredible. Let's see who they go with. I think they'll go with Corpus Corpusallo because yeah. he's kind of have more tenure there. But um, that dude, they can take advantage of one of those guys if they're not showing up. Like, what if they start one of those guys? He's brutal. They got to start the next guy the next game. You know, it's the same thing as Freddie. Go out and take advantage of a goaltender. Like, please, this isn't a. This guy, these guys aren't up for the Vesna like Tuca is. Ryan, I got two words for you, buddy. David Ayers. Oh, heard a radio ad the other day about you can go somewhere and get an autograph from David Ayers. It's like, I, I really, you know what? I don't want to uh, alienate anybody listening to this podcast, but if you're somebody lining up to see, to get David Ayers autograph, just just delete my phone number off your phone. Just stop, unfollow me on everything. Oh. Uh, I don't want to know you. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what? what is that? Oh, uh, I don't know, buddy. Before we get out of here, I wanted to get your take on one thing. So, the NHL has announced that they are going to relax the dress code for players before games. Obviously, with them being in the bubble, players are able to wear um, a little more casual look to the games. Um than the traditional suit and tie look before. I know there is a segment of the fan base, probably an older segment, that is really not going to like this. I wanted to get your thoughts on it before I give mine. Dude, you got to be a hardcore traditionalist to really harp on that. Yeah. Like, you got to be a bit of a wacky old school hockey guy if that's getting under your skin. There, Ryan, there, I will. When this starts, I will screenshot you things that I will see on Twitter of people just outraged about Austin Matthews attire that he's wearing to the rink. Dude, there is nobody on planet Earth who loves a pair of comfies more than I do. Yeah. I, I a pair of sweatpants. Yeah. I'm all about it. Even though I don't think they'll be wearing sweatpants, but... Well, maybe they will. I don't know. The fashion these days is... You never know what's coming, especially with uh, 34. But if you're at home and you're tweeting about how these guys should be wearing suits, uh, man, you are just one of those you throwback, yeah, throwback hockey guys. You need man. to find something a little more important to get worked up about. The guy I know who'd get worked up about that is is, is Cherry for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, he's, you, you can you can check his uh birth certificate, what year he was born. I'm sure that generation is the generation that would probably be upset about that. Well, are also a throwback if that's getting you upset. He also doesn't have a platform to voice on anymore. Um, yeah. My take on it, Ryan, no one harps on the NHL and how the NHL just continuously chooses to be uncool more than me. And no one praises the NBA and how the NBA is just so cool and innovative and forward-thinking and allows their players to be individuals and have personalities more than me. So I think this is a great idea. Let these guys develop personas of their own. Grow your game. Try new things. Let's see Austin Matthews' personality with what he wears to the rink. Let's see what some of these other guys choose and how they choose to express themselves and what messages they might have on their clothing like social justice messages or whatever like this is a good thing this league is just notorious for just cookie cutter uncool decisions and that's why i'm a huge fan and that's why i, I you constantly hear me say the nba gets it right yeah that's the nba in a nutshell man yeah show up wearing the wackiest thing. Or even the NFL, man. Look at Cam Newton. Like, get think what you want about that guy's style. But he's got a style that people recognize now. Like, it's just... That's just being yourself. Yeah. Like, you don't need... It doesn't need to be a suit and tie anymore. No, but it's... and I'm it's sorry to the older generation. And it's okay to let these guys... Like grow and have personas and brands outside the league. It's not hurting the league. It's attracting eyeballs to your product. This is the one thing that the NBA has figured out. Like, yeah, we're we're just for for two guys who don't do a, a basketball po- podcast. We are just huge fans of the NBA. I, I, as as a business, they've just got it figured out, man. Like they like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't want to go on a huge diatribe because we got to get out of here. But like, I just, who cares? Let the guys wear what they want to wear. It's fun. It's going to be interesting. You can get some clothing brands on board, get some sponsorship for the league, some sponsorship for the players. Like there's no downside. None. I I can't even believe it's a conversation to be honest with you. Like who cares? Yeah, I agree, man. what I care about? The team's showing up and forechecking. Yep, that's what I care about Playing a system. I don't care about a suit. You know what I care about? Sheldon Keefe loading up a line. That's what I care about. That's the important stuff. Yes. Anyways, buddy. So, the next time you and I talk, it will be after a Toronto Maple Leaf game. That is... How do you feel about that? crazy man yep i am fired up about it the next time we talk we will be giving our bum and beauty selections for the evening wow it's been a hot minute yeah it's been a long time in and also just on top of that in july i know in july Uh, in the summer in the heat in the heat baby Get the, you know what? If you got a backyard situation, last week we talked about the screens. Get the screen outside. Now, watching hockey in your backyard oh, in July, dude. Sports in the backyard with the TV set up is 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 goat stuff. Like that is that is my paradise. That is what. Your dream weekend looks like. Oh, yeah. Oh, just a Saturday, Sunday, cooler full of Bud Lights or Cotty Springs and just TV out there, games all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Let's go. Yeah. You do not want to be trying to socialize with Rob. No. Throughout this whole... Series of games that is coming up. Yeah, if you're not someone like me and you don't want to sit and watch every minute and digest the situation and join the conversation on Twitter and just be taking in everything, I'm not going to see you till this is over. Sorry. Yeah, or, or you're not going to want to hang out. Yeah, nope, not happening. All right, with that, thank you everybody for downloading this week's episode. We will see you next week after a Maple Leafs hockey game. Feels good to say that. See you next week, everybody. The Podcast Superfriends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts.